Now, you'll be pleased to know it's a short message this morning. But it could be longer if you want it to be. That's down to you, because we've been looking at frontline. What is our frontline? Our frontline is where we are during the week. On a Sunday, we're here. But Monday to Saturday or Monday to Friday, we're elsewhere. And we're taking our red dots with us in a sea of gray, as we've been hearing about. This is off the cuff. Does anybody want to share anything about their front line, where you work, where you play? Any experience that you've had? I'll let you think about it for a second. I, on Friday, um, was with the police and the fire brigade, and there was a, a coffee and cake morning at the fire station. Many of you came, so thank you for coming. And we raised money for Macmillan, and the children came from the primary school, and they were able to press the blues in twos and hold the hose, and it was a great time. They raised 440 pounds, uh, so that's fantastic for Macmillan. So thank you also who contributed. So in a sense, that was my front line for Friday morning anyway. I was there. And I know yesterday, as you may have passed this church and saw the car park full, there was an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And there was about 140 people who came. And Liz was here helping serve refreshments. So in a sense, that was her front line yesterday. But anybody else want to share anything? Please. Come on in. Begs. Um, so I'm on a committee of a charity called Companions on the Street. And we go out in, onto the streets of um, Andover. And we, I'm really nervous, <laughs> very good at speaking. And we um, speak to the homeless people on the streets and we ask them what they need from us and um, to make them more comfortable. Um, so we have meetings and we had one on Wednesday and, sorry, I'm really out of my comfort zone standing up here talking. Um, and yeah, that was my front line, talking to my committee, and I've actually got a favour to ask you after this, if that's okay, all right. Okay, fine. <laughs> About... Uh, it's always a catch, isn't it? charity. <laughs> but yeah, so going onto the streets and speaking to others and um, speaking about the word of God to them and everything. So. As you know, we, well, you probably don't, we, we collect food from the supermarkets to give to people mm -hmm. like that. Would that benefit them if we were to... Um, they said actually food isn't the biggest thing they need because people are really willing to give them food. It's more clothing. And as it's getting colder now, things like tents, warm socks, underpants, wash stuff, things like that. But yeah, they say people are really generous with food. Um, so yeah, it's more clothing and things like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody else brave enough to come up and tell us about their front line? Angela. When I'm in Amesbury, my front line is the gym quite often. But we're very privileged and we do go away on a lot of holidays. And when I go, I find that I'm a red dot in a grey sea quite often. And when I do a longer one, I always do a Christian fellowship. And it's surprising the amount of people that you can talk to at breakfast, lunch, and evening meals that say, what have you done today? And you can say, well, I went to the Christian fellowship, which I run. And the amount of people that sometimes come up and say, that don't come, can you pray for? Or somebody will come and say, such and such has got a problem. 
And it's just, so there, when I'm away, that is my front line. Mm. Thank you. Ross? Now, do you want me to hold your hand? Um, my front line is, is quite difficult. Um, I'm in the military, and I, I t tend to try to find the perfect way to explain what I do on a Sunday and when, you know, go to church. And I find it really difficult, actually. But um, a couple of weeks ago, somebody did ask me what I was getting up to, and it was the day before the house group that in the, uh, in the booklets it says Rob and Rebecca. Well, I'm, I'm Rob, but my, <laughs> my real name is Ross. It was a bit of a typo. Um, but since we've had the couple of house groups, it's kind of, it's encouraged me a little bit more because I've got other things to talk about at my front line instead of just coming to church, um, etc. So yeah, that's, that's my front line. Brilliant, thank you. Sharon. Okay, my front line is usually um, on some kind of sporting field for my son. That's why you don't see me very often. Um, so... Being there on a Sunday is quite hard sometimes because Ben's not there because he's here, up here. And um, I miss all of you, of course, but um, it's quite lovely being able to say when people say, what do you normally do on a Sunday? Or what would you be doing if you weren't here? And most people say they would be in bed. And I go, well, actually, I'd be worshipping God and I would be listening to some message from my wonderful minister. But, uh, and that's quite nice because then you open up that door. So I definitely am that red dot in that very grey sea, but hopefully I'll make a difference. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Let us pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the gift to this community. We commend one another to you on our different front lines. Wherever we are, whatever we do, whoever we are, may the Holy Spirit guide us in all things so that we may do God's will in the world in the service of Jesus Christ and with great joy. Amen. You see, whoever we are, However insignificant we feel, we make all the difference in the world because we are on our front lines. Our value, our worth, our significance, and our life on the front line flows from this identity. We heard that only 6% of people go to church once a month, and yet those six people connect with many different people throughout the week. You'd ask Linda if she would come up and give us our reading. You can find it in your church Bibles on page 221 at the back of the Bible. Can I just say before I start that my front line is the hover bus that goes around Amesbury, round and around, and I meet so many people on there who want to talk about church and what goes on in our building and things like that. So that is my front line. Anyway, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, 
And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed by pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Over the weeks, there have been various things which you may have been given, a coaster, some post-it cards, a pencil, and today, wrong pocket, at the end of this service, you're going to be given a red dot, and I suggest, ask that you put it somewhere that's a place that you're constantly at. It could be your desk, it could be the sink, it could even be just be in your pocket. So that it's a reminder to you that you are a red dot in a sea of grey. So at the end you'll be given one of those. You see, if we're going to be fruitful when we are scattered on our front lines for the long haul, then we need to be faithful in gathering together. You see, by gathering together, it encourages us. It encourages me. You see, we need to continue to have that impact. And by doing that, we need to stay strong and encouraged. You see, we need one another. We as red dots need to remain red in a sea of gray. Our scattered and gathered lives are irrevocably connected. Now, the Bible has so much to say about relationships as the people of God. There are so many passages to choose from, but Hebrews 10 starts with God, not us. It starts with the good news of Jesus Christ, and that seems a fitting conclusion to the series. Our lives are lived in response to that which God has done first for us through Jesus Christ. We gather to encourage one another, to remind one another about the full story of the gospel that we have been invited into. And as a consequence, to equip one another for our everyday lives. The point of this passage that Linda read to us is that we need one another. Our times together as a church are a great opportunity. We need to practice together as a church. But we also need to live out our daily lives wherever we are. But we can help one another. We can hold on to hope together. As a church family, we need to help one another to hold on to this faith. Do you know, there are many things that could tempt us from following Jesus. 
or at least us grow cold in our faith. There's an old story, I've shared it many times, but it's worth repeating. A pastor noticed that somebody hadn't been in the congregation for quite a few months. So he decided to go and visit that person. It was a winter's night. It was cold, it was dark, it was raining. And the pastor knocked on the door of the house of this man. The man opened the door, let him in. No words were exchanged. They sat in the lounge and stared at the glowing fire. Still not a word was shared. And then all of a sudden, a hot coal spat out of the fire onto the hearth. And it was the pastor who, with a set of tongs, picked it up and put it back into the fire. The pastor left. The following Sunday, the man was back at church. You see, he realized as the coal had spat out of the fire, as soon as it left the fire, it got cold. And the light of the fire started to dwindle and dimmer. But the actual act of putting the coal back in the fire ignited it again. If you notice anybody not at church, ring them up, go visit them. Say, we missed you. Do you need any help? Is there anything I can do? That's all of our roles, to go and see people. You see, the writer of the Hebrews encourages us in three ways. He urges us to draw near to God. You see, in the Old Testament, this was only done by the priests. They were the ones who interceded for the people. They were separated for that purpose. But because of Jesus, it is open to anyone and everyone. Jesus opened up the way. You may remember the story of the curtain was ripped in two from the top to the bottom. That was no longer needed. Sacrifices were no longer needed because Jesus was and is the sacrifice for us all. So may I encourage you, if you're not going to a home group, to go to a home group. Because you're not going to get your weekly fix just by coming here on a Sunday morning. You need to have more than just a short talk and a few worship songs. I encourage you to pick up one of the Word for Todays and read that daily. You'll be amazed how that will speak to you. It's often as though it's written just for me sometimes, and I'm sure you feel the same. But apart from home groups, see if there's anything else going on. There may be some activity going on in another church. There could be a band coming. There could be a speaker. It is important that you engage and we engage and get involved. Secondly, we have complete assurance of our faith. You see, as we focus on Jesus, we discover who we are as a result of what he has done for us. People wear crosses. Catholics and other churches will have Jesus depicted on the cross. But the free church does not because we know that Jesus rose from the dead. He's no longer on that cross. Yes, he died for your sins and for my sins. But he's alive today. And you can experience that yourselves. You see, thirdly, we also experience peace. 
Quite often we are weighed down with heavy things and worries in our hearts. And I'm going to use a term that I wouldn't normally use. You see, we've been, if we're a believer, we've been sprinkled by the blood, with the blood of Jesus. I don't mean literally, I just mean that his blood on that cross was shed for us so that we could have eternal life. You see, we're renewed. And in many ways, we can be reminded of our baptism vows or whatever we said when we were baptized. Our bodies being washed with pure, clean water. But you see, we're also here to spur one another on. Spur one another on for good works, as Bex was sharing us about some of the things that she does on her front line. Spur is a bit of a strong word. It has the idea of inciting or provoking one another. It's a strange word that is often linked with love and good works. But its strength supports the importance of helping one another to live our life, our faith, on our front lines. The trouble is we can grow weary of doing good sometimes. We can get tired. Sometimes we may feel that we're seeing no fruit from it. Sometimes when we think, why am I doing all this and why is somebody else not? In the church, there can be some people who, who try to manipulate us or take control of us, asking us to do what they want all the time. You see, it's easy to give up but it's also easy to become self-centered. But the writer of the Hebrews recognized that we can help one another by not allowing one another to give up, to keep the challenge going, to keep going. A question for you, not a rhetorical question. What can we do to help one another how can we encourage each other? How could we help one another more? I wonder what more impact could we have on our front lines? What more impact could we have on each other if we were to encourage each other? You see, this letter to the Hebrews seems to have been written because some had given up meeting, had stopped going to church, to synagogue, They'd stopped having fellowship together. Maybe their previous ways of life looked attractive again. Maybe it was difficult being a red dot in a sea of grey. Maybe they were just busy. I'm sure at times we've all been tempted to give up. Have a morning, lie in go and do something else instead of coming here. 
but I'm encouraged. We are growing as a fellowship. But I'll question, what has kept you going? Is it the thought of worshipping God? Is it the thought of seeing one another? Over these past five weeks, I wonder what you've learned about yourself. What have you been reminded about God? Has the thought of gathering become more important to you? We're going to stop here. I'm just going to ask you in your own seats to bow your heads and pray and ask God to use you more in your front line, wherever it may be, and ask him what more impact you can have on your community. So take a few moments of silence. going to say a prayer together that's going to come up on the screen. It's about our commitments. There's a type that I will read and then there's a response. So I ask you, as followers of Jesus Christ, will you embrace your front lines as places of possibility and potential in the purposes of God? Will you believe that God is already at work in these places? And will you give yourself unreservedly to his purposes in you and through you, wherever you are? With the help of God, we will. Will you trust God with the big things and the small things that you do day by day? And seek to make all that you do on your front lines a part of your worship of him? Will you learn to rely on him 
his power, his love, and his grace, whatever you do. With the help of God, we will. As sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father, will you believe that your value, your worth, your significance, and your life on the front line flows first from this identity? Will you embrace the joy and freedom, freedom of being a child of God wherever you are? With the help of God, we will. As the body of Christ, will you commit to encouraging and helping one another flourish in Christ and be fruitful on your front lines? Will you learn to be the people of God, gathered and scattered, helping one another to make all the difference in the world? With the help of God, we will. Those who've got the red stones, could you kindly give them out to the church? So I think Mike and Sue, if you one do one side and one do the other side and hand out the red stones. Please, yes. Because we're going to have a commissioning prayer. When you enter the ministry or when you become a missionary or whatever, quite often there is what is called a commissioning service. It's where, in a sense, you stand up and offer yourself to be used by God. So when we've all got our stones, I'm going to ask you to stand, and then it will be on the screen a commissioning prayer for us all to say. Because wherever you are, you are important. Whatever you do, you're doing it for God. Don't be tempted to chew it or swallow it because it's not a pastel or fruit pastel, so keep out of children's hands. Okay, I think we've all got a red dot. I'm going to invite you to stand and we'll say the words on the screen. We confirm your call to follow Christ in all of life, including life on your front line. We commission you to this life and work and pledge to you our prayers, encouragement, and support. May the Holy Spirit guide and strengthen us that is in this and in all things we will know Christ and seek to make him known to the glory of God the Father. In being followers of Jesus, sent from this church into God's world for his purposes. May the blessings of God go with you.